welcome, welcome. Happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Actually, episode 103. Oh, we're back again, and look, we actually happened to make it in the space of a fortnight. This is unbelievable. This is Film Actually, the official movie podcast of geekactually.com. I'm Dave McVeigh, and I am joined in studio by David Longo. How are you? Hello. <laughs> and we are also joined again by, I don't know, he's still here. <laughs> Richard Gray, why are you still here? Is there an unofficial podcast of the Geek Actually Network? No, they're all official. Everything's official. <laughs> this is the podcast where we get Richard to stay. That's Aww. right. That's right. Richard keeps threatening that this will be his last film, actually. I want you to write in to feedback at filmactually.com to say whether he should go or stay. It's like the <laughs> Save Ferris Bueller. Yeah, it's, yeah. Save it's Richard. It's just that I've got other shows now. I'm, so? seeing, I'm seeing other co-hosts. And, you know, I, Dude, I, you're here every week. We do panels. You might as well stick around. <laughs> I love that the most compelling reason for me to be on the show is you might as well. <laughs> All right. So Thanks, friend. <laughs> let's get on with it. This week, the stand gets multi-film treatment. Steve Jobs is dropped by Sony and a movie legend dies. Plus, we review another unreviewable film, The Hunger Games <laughs> Mockingjay Part 1. <laughs> so uh, it's been a while since we had a... Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we had to review an unreviewable film, so it'll be fun. But I think what we should do before we do anything Ooh. is we should roll straight into what we've been watching and if no other reason for Richard to stay is he's got the sound clip for this oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sigh>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you Wazowski always watching now, for those who are asking themselves, why doesn't he ever date these episodes anymore? Because I used to always say, for the whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm. Uh, the reason we don't date this anymore is because we never know what's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's better just not to you date should, it. You um, should bake them in later. You should just put random point. dates in the start. <laughs> welcome to film, actually, for the 18th of February, 2043. For star date, 2135. <laughs> this week, <laughs> we're reviewing Star Wars Episode 92. All right, so <laughs> After <laughs> the 76th Hunger Games. <laughs> I'm going to kick off and say that I had a bit of a uh, a bit of a really retro week and then a minorly retro week. So first thing mm. I watched this week was actually The Sword and the Sorcerer, uh, the Albert Payoon film from the very early 80s. It was actually pre-Conan the Barbarian. This is the director of Cyborg, right? This is the director of Cyborg, who has actually went on to become quite a uh, canon director for uh, some time. Uh, prior to that, though, he did do this film, which was not a canon film. It was an Avco Embassy film. And at the time when I was in, uh, I think I was in like year eight, um, this was like... The shit, man. This mm. we all watched this and we went. It's got boobs in yeah. it. It's got hearts being ripped out of chests. It's got a sword that fires blades. How cool is this? You know, we all went to see this multiple times mm. in the cinema. And I was going to say one. you would have gone to have watched it like four, oh, or four times, many, like, many times. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting going back. I pulled my DVD off the shelf, which I've had for quite some time, and uh, I was in a payoon moment because I had <laughs> I had been doing things like watching canon films and Cyborg and so forth, and uh, and I watched it again. And you know what? It's not awful. But it hasn't dated well <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. And my, I think my favorite thing about the film is when he does fire the blade off mm. of his sword, you can see that it kind of arches in the air like the rope wasn't <laughs> strong enough to, to take the weight of the blade. So, yeah. I it, love any review that begins with, it's not awful. It's yeah. not awful. No, I, just like, I just like it's a pioneer moment. <laughs> it's a pioneer moment. The second film I watched this week, aside from our feature film, was I actually went back and watched Wanted again, um, the based on Mark Millar comic book, uh, Wanted, which... I really enjoyed it at the cinema. and The movie's um, called Wanted, not Wanted Again. So to point that I out. I watched the sequel. The sequel, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It was Wanted. Um, the now, you've been, been taken too. The film completely, <laughs> completely goes away from the comic book in almost every way possible. With the exception of him being the son of something else, it bears no resemblance to the comic <laughs> book at all. The comic book was about supervillains and this is about assassins. And it goes on to whole bullet 
curving and you know all this, which is not in the book at all. <laughs> would the would, but the, would the comic re- make a good movie? Do you reckon? I think the comic would, but it would be for kind of hardcore fans. If you're mm. not a fan of comic books, you're not going to get it at all. No. Nope. But as a film, I actually really enjoyed Wanted going around a second time around. Hmm. It's got problems. It does have Chris Pratt in it, which I completely forgot about. But there you go. Um, and Angelina Jolie was. I still remember that bathtub with the tattoos and the whole. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Does Angelina have tattoos? Yeah, and they gave her more. (laughs) Wow. Um, No, I thought it was. uh, It was. It was an. Next, you're going to tell me she has a gaggle of multiracial children. Oh, didn't you remember she used to carry around like a vial of Billy Bob Thornton's blood? I remember this. Yeah, I remember. Does anyone remember Weird Angelina from Weird Angelina the late nineties, early two thousands, whatever it was? was Yeah, this was at the tail end of Tomb Raider time. So this was at the tail end of Weird Angelina. I think she was just out of the Billy yeah. Bob not long when she. That was this. rad. I love the fact that she had a vial of blood. What is your there. favorite mm. Angelina Jolie film? Ooh. I'll put you on the spot. Because um, I quite like Angelina. Tomb Raider Two, Cradle of Oh Lord. God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, when she punches the shark. That's right. Right. <laughs> Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> the CGI shark. <laughs> uh, no, Aaron <laughs> That's not her, is no, it? That's not her. Um, I don't know, actually. Maybe girl, I'm going to say Mr. And Mr. Mrs. Smith, Mr. actually. Mrs. Smith. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. I think Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith was a rad film. Had the problem of uh, Lyman not having an ending, but that's pretty common for his films now. Mm. But I really enjoyed her in it, and I really enjoyed Brad Pitt in it, and I thought it was great chemistry, and it was what film where they met. So obviously the chemistry was pretty sharp. I'd have to look at a list. Let me get back to you on nah, that Nah, guys, isn't it Hackers? Isn't she in Hackers? Oh, Hackers. Hackers that is a terrible straight. film, though. It really is a terrible <laughs> film. I actually went back and watched that not long ago, and it's like, this does not hold up. Yeah. <laughs> the best depiction of how actually What's computer. really interesting about Hackers, here's a little bit of a sidebar for you. Ready? Mm, sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is a Richard thing. He's 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 off with the fairies. I'm now. trying to find Angelina Jolie films. <laughs> the thing about hackers. Oh, that's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> right. She's quite attractive. <laughs> the thing about uh, hackers that that most uh, amused me when it came out was the fact that the director, I forget his name off the top of my head, the British director, he said. Point blank, he knew nothing about computers and he wasn't interested in knowing anything about computers. That's not what his film was about. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody told what him. What else was it <laughs> I don't think anybody told him. Yes, Richard. Um, I've got my hand up. Uh, I've decided it's gone in 60 seconds. Oh. I actually have a real soft spot for that oh, that's film. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. Because that was kind of golden era of, of Nicolas Cage action as well. Also, she was CG, but they did make it look like her. But I thought she did a great job. I really liked Beowulf as well. Yeah, yeah. I Beowulf thought she was really good in Beowulf. Um, no, look, I'm a big fan of Angelina, and I thought that Wanted was actually a fun film. Go back and have a look at it again. It is worth having another look at now that it's all died down. And you can Cyborg 2? Was she in she's Cyborg 2? She's in Cyborg 2. Oh, playing. I'm going to look for Cyborg 2. This is two. another Payune moment. It is another <laughs> Payune moment. This has been another Payune moment. <laughs> we need a bumper for Payune moments. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We, we, we've got it. <laughs> Next week in the Payune cast. <laughs> Hey, hey, does anyone remember Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? I do. Yeah. Oh, I actually really liked her in that. She was rad in that. Dave, what have you been watching this week? I've uh, pretty much done nothing but The Hobbit behind the scenes. Oh, <laughs> I want to watch the this. I've, I've got the small. extended cut, so I'm looking forward to this. Tell they're, me about them. They're amazing. Absolutely amazing. Like, you you know, first you get a better appreciation of the movie mm-hmm. afterwards, but we all know how this movie started off as free films. I mean, two films and became three films. Say, started mm. off as three films yeah. and became ten. <laughs> <laughs> This this has some amazing amazing footage of like arguments and like coming up with sequences on the spot. The entire last twenty minutes of the movie was made two weeks before the production. Is this now? These like, documentaries made by his friend? Um, no, it's not this time. Costa Bones. Costa Bones. No, yeah. it, it's not this time. It's uh, Costa something Boats, else. Peter sorry. or something. But because he made yeah. those second set of documentaries, not the initial ones, but the second the set second of documentaries set, for yeah. the second release of Lord of the Rings, which were absolute like, fly on the wall yeah. stuff, and they were. Mesmerizing because yeah. they just were warts and all. Yeah. This is this is more in line with that um, fly on the wall than the previous. Have you guys ever seen? It's crazy, Dave. Like it's crazy. Like they they have a twenty minute section on how Peter Jackson has his tea, and it it, <laughs> it, it follows the assistant who makes the tea, and it shows you how like he he never has a different mug. It always has to be the same mug. They did this montage of like. Every time he's operating a camera and holding the tea. Remember when it's movies like, were magic and this appeared in cinemas and then. Yeah, but you know what? Say what you want about the Jackson films. The one thing he does masterfully well is special features mm. because I amazing. love that fly yeah. on the wall shit, yeah. dude. And they, they do stuff like where they have like uh, on set footage where they're doing the, they're doing the sound mix for the, the final print. 
and it's like they have to work 14 hours straight and they just show you all the sound mixes like you know having heart attacks and pulling their hair out and complaining and like it, it really do- it doesn't shy away from the negative aspects of the movie Best and, I, and I thought they were, yeah. yeah I thought they were going to pretend like the Guillermo del Toro was never on it I thought they were going to pretend that it was supposed to be free films at once uh, you know and they didn't they show you the real day to day like complications in, in making that, it yeah, yeah respect know, on yeah. that have you guys ever seen the Costa Boats Peter Jackson co-directed Forgotten Silver Forgotten Silver a classic no I haven't this actually. is now I'm going to throw this out there this is homework for you we'll talk about it in the next film actually So you if, co- if I'm back so you're yeah. coming back <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about it in the next you're film. locked here Richard dude you're, you're, yeah. uh, I have a copy on DVD I had to order it from, do you know what the, the real sin is I had to order it from the states to get it it's a New mm. Zealand film so it's ridiculous contractually that, I have to do yeah. three films in the network at time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely three, three podcasts what you don't know is that I'm going to be on podcast pillow for it next week no 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 <laughs> You practically are. We mention you about five times an episode. I'm always there. Yeah. Uh, I should just put my mic on. No, um, uh, I don't watch. I don't listen to nearly enough podcasts to be on that show. Uh, the Forgotten Silver documentary, well, mockumentary, I should mm. say, is this piece of genius filmmaking. They released it to an unsuspecting New Zealand. They had no idea it was fake. Oh, they, I know of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they basically said they've unearthed these film cans from this legendary New <laughs> the Zealand first filmmaker, feature filmmaker. First yeah, feature yeah. filmmaker in the world. They have all these interviews with top flight professionals. Mm-hmm. They interview, uh, I think Spielberg's in there mm-hmm. at one point. They interview, they went to America. Zemeckis is even Zemeckis, in Zemeckis, they got yeah. all these interviews, people talking about this filmmaker. And Peter Jackson is Leonard the Moulton's filmmaker. in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Leonard Moulton's in there. In there yeah. it is, Peter Jackson's interviewed as Peter Peter Jackson. As Peter Jackson. <laughs> it is genius. And everybody thought it was real. Mm. It is so <laughs> down the line. Yeah. And it's so abstract. You sit there and go, you can't have possibly have taken this seriously. <laughs> yeah. But they did. And New Zealand got furious at him. Mm. The next day when it came out that it was a joke and the whole thing was made up, they were lambasting him saying, how dare you do this to us and everything else. This is a brilliant film. And it's one of the forgotten gems yeah, of Peter absolutely Jackson. absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it's only like 50 minutes or something Yeah, like it's really that. short. And, um, I think you can get it on YouTube, I believe. Oh, remember. if you can, but that's even it's better. It's hilarious. I always think about it, actually. Yeah, I bought it on Blue. As I say, I like, bought it on DVD. when they say the most expensive film ever made was not Cleopatra? <laughs> and and, and the, the sets still stand in the middle of New yeah, Zealand yeah. forest. <laughs> I think they go back there, don't they? And there's a tribe living in the yeah. set. I was like, yeah. It is genius. Yeah. It is so well done. Yeah. So clever. It is exactly what mockumentary should be. Yeah. Um, well worth watching. Everybody watch it. We'll talk about it more yeah. next week. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we've come to the moment. We have. We have. Richard Gray, what have you been doing this week? Well, I've been doing a few things. I went and saw a movie called The Drop, uh, which was uh, a movie I had no idea what it was about because yesterday was really hot here in Sydney, as I think every day is going to be between now and, and the end cools down of next summer. week, thank God. Oh, thank so. oh that's good. Uh, and so really I just, hot here now. So. I just walked to the – I caught a bus to the nearest cinema um, and just walked in and watched whatever was playing. Mm, I've done that before. And uh, I saw The Drop. Uh, I haven't done that in years. It was by, uh, it's by uh, the director Michael R. Roskam who I don't know, I'm guessing he's a scandinavian director. But it's based on a Dennis Lehane, or is it Lahan? Oh, Dennis Lehane. Uh, Dennis yeah, Lehane, yeah, yeah. Uh, short story. Mystic yeah. River. It's a short story he wrote called Animal Rescue. It, the movie has got Tom Hardy, Numi Rapace, and James Gandolfini in it. Oh, I've heard of this. And, yes, I've heard of uh, this. So yes. it must have been one of Gandolfini's last roles. It's, it's sort of about a uh, uh, Tom Hardy plays a fantastic role as um, Bob Saganowski, who's this very unassuming bartender. Uh, who who you think couldn't hurt a fly, mm. and he meets Numi Rapace because he's uh, found a, a puppy in a, in a trash can, and they look after it together. But um, James Gandolfini's character clearly has is connected uh, to the mob, and there's something happening. There's a there's a robbery that goes wrong in their bar, and that's clearly scraping the surface of a much bigger thing that's happening. Mm. And this is the definition of a of a slow match burn of a film. It is uh, that that ultimately explodes in a completely unexpected way. Cool. And I, I, having no expectations whatsoever going into this, it's a tight little hour 40 um, of just punchy sort of New York main streets sort of drama. And I loved it. I really Excellent. Really I'm going to have to have a look at that, I think. So, so go and check that out. Um, there's, there's, I haven't been on a, a film show for a while. so I've been waiting for this moment. I haven't had a chance to take you on an adventure in time and space.
Oh, yeah. Back. Well, we just finished about a week or two ago, uh, season eight um, of Doctor Who. That's W H O if you're Googling it. Uh, this was obviously. Starring the, the Who Doctor. Starring the Who Doctor from uh, World War Z. Mm. Uh, you'll remember that was the only thing I think Peter Capaldi been in before that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, if those of you who need a reminder of uh, Peter Capaldi's previous work. Oh, well, that's easy. Tucker's Law. If some cunt can fuck something up, that cunt will pick the worst possible time to fucking fuck it up because that cunt's a cunt. I've got that embroidered on a tea towel at home. Uh, Isn't that just a quote from the latest season of Doctor Who? That's actually from season of Doctor Who. I didn't see it I wish they would do some web-only clips of, yeah. of, 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 the, of the Doctor like that. Yeah. Actually, in this season, uh, someone pointed out that there's there's a scene where someone who clearly loved uh, his work in the thick of it uh, <laughs> wrote a line for him like, shut it up, up, <laughs> at one point. Uh, look, uh, controversial season in a lot of ways because it was a complete tonal shift uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the show completely. Still Stephen Moffat, but new actor. Um, I think what they did is a great thing with uh, one of the things you said to me, David, was it didn't have a line through, and I and I uh, in this season, and I think that's false because I think it's the Doctor finding out who he is again because this this is new territory for the Doctor. This is basically the first Doctor in a new generation cycle, uh, new regeneration cycle. So it's very much harking back to William Hartnell. There's a lot of John Pertwee in there because he's got this sort of disdain for humans. There's a bit of Colin Baker in there. Uh, and there's an episode called Kill the Mummy. Sorry, um, Kill the Mummy. I'm conflating two episodes. Mummy on the Orient, Expre- Mummy on the Orient Express, uh, where he does a dead-on impersonation of uh, Tom Baker. He's talking to himself. Mm. And he goes, Mummy, you really think it is? <laughs> you know? And it, it's just, it, it, it sends chills down his spine. Uh, but the whole, the, the longer arc is him trying to find out who he is. In previous season, Clara had been very much just a, uh, a MacGuffin in a lot of ways. She was the impossible girl. She was something literally created by the universe to kind of uh, um, be a plot point. And this is like a lot of people have accused Moffat of not being able to write women very well. But I think more fundamentally than that, he has a problem with characters who have story arcs. Mm. Um, so this this was this 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 whole season was about giving the Doctor a story arc that didn't involve him flipping back and forth between, oh, I'm really good, I'm really wobbly, and oh, but I'm dark, I'm the oncoming storm. You know, just flipping back and forth between those two things. So this was this was giving him a, a genuine darkness, a genuine thing. So I think the line through was him finding himself. There was also this character of Missy who um, – can, can we do spoilers and all for oh, this of now? Course. It's, it's, it's uh, been you, – you, you, you know yeah, who yeah, Missy yeah. is now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Missy is ultimately the master, which was actually one of my first guesses in the season. But then I'm, I complicated it in my head because every other season has been a puzzle and I wanted it to make it this complex thing. Uh, and it turned out the most obvious thing was the answer. But in, in many ways, you didn't need the master to make this season – um, I actually thought it was a bit of a cop-out, cop quite out. frankly. One of my favourite scenes in the final episode, and the, and the final episode was a little bit flat, I thought. The the, the penultimate episode, um, Dark Water, is one of the finest pieces of, of that was television, really good, yeah. full stop, ever. Uh, took me by surprise. But but the 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 final episode, I, I thought that one of the best speeches is normally that, 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 that point where the Doctor has the big speech. It's like, this planet is defended. Mm. You know, I am the Doctor. The bump, 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 mm. bump. You know, we'll kind of swell up at that stage. But he sort of builds up to this big thing and you think he's finally going to say, I am the Doctor. And he goes, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, it's perfect because the Doctor's embraced the fact that he's, he's no longer... Uh, he, he's not a superhero. He's not, you know, he's not a boyfriend. He's not this dashing defender of the universe. He's an idiot in a blue box. Mm. And that's the core of the show. And so what I'm looking forward to is next season when they get back to he's an idiot in a blue box stumbling through time and space. Mm. My biggest problem you know. with the latest <laughs> season, and um, I'm not quite the Star Trek, the Star Trek, the, not quite the Doctor Who expert I think you're you exactly the Star Trek fan that I am. Uh, probably, yeah. Um, I'm not quite the Doctor Who fan that you are. And I love the, I love Doctor Who, but you know, you're obviously obsessive. <laughs> um, but I know worse people than me. So, well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But um, the thing I found about this season was it just felt like to me all the way through the season they couldn't quite decide what they wanted to do. Um, they couldn't quite lock down what the relationships were. And quite frankly, I thought Clara, who they had built up mm. over the last season, was just sidelined and she was just made to do nothing. See, because I, I agree to a large extent because I actually felt that she was Wesley crushing her way through a lot of the season. Uh, in the sense that she was the one coming up with the solutions mm. and she was doing all these sorts of things. And then in the final episode where they kind of tease us a bit when she pretends that she's been and the doctor. that, for me, was was 
genius. Which is a wonderful moment to the point that she says, I'm the doctor, Clara was just a construct, and then the titles roll and her name comes up first and you're like... Well, that's just fucking genius. Now, if that if they had um, actually rolled with that, but, I would have gone, "Oh my god!" Because that was you one know? of the theories. That was one of the fan theories floating around. It's almost like Stephen Moffat took all the fan theories for the season and responded to them in the final episode. But uh, I think that this was. If I think we romanticize the seventh season a lot, there's a lot of shit in the seventh season. There are some terrible episodes in the seventh season. Nightmare and Silver needs needs no more. Uh, 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 I need to. I don't need to mention anything else other than saying that was one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who of all time. But um, it also ended with this magnificent thing of the fiftieth anniversary and you know the name of the Doctor and the fiftieth and time of the Doctor, which was you know divisive. But I think the three of them together work magnificently. So we've got that taste left in our mouths from the seventh season. But when we think about it. Um, Clara was just a MacGuffin to be thrown into the time vortex and scattered throughout but it was its history. MacGuffin. And it was fascinating. But here she was actually a character, an annoying character, but a character nonetheless. So I think it's, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. But I think you're right. I think this, this season was discovering itself. I think it was finding out what it wanted to be. And that's obviously frustrating when it plays out over 12 uh, weeks rather than just being sort of him coming in by the end of the first episode, putting on the bow tie and going, I am the Doctor, and then mm. off we run. We were spending time trying to work out Doctor Who, and and which is what we had to do. If you, if you cast your mind but back after, to the earlier after stuff, eight seasons of television, I already know who Doctor Who is. Uh, but we don't, <laughs> the thing is, when you think about every regeneration, he's getting a full lobotomy almost every generation. This is an entirely new man, and there's, there's things that they touched on in Deep Breath, which never got out, answered in the final episode. Like, what does this face mean? Why did I choose this face? Am I trying to remember something? And that's not been entirely answered yet, which is. Uh, whether that's a reference to the fact that he, Peter Capaldi, played someone in Fires of Pompeii. Mm. Is it a reference to the fact that he played Frobisher in Torchwood? Is he trying to tell them both of them family men? So are we going to get back to that whole notion of the Doctor as a father? Are we going to get back to all that? So these are things that I think are interesting to play with. These are clues that I think Stephen Moffat's le- left deliberately out in the open and that we've been scrambling over. So I'm curious to see what happens next season. I'm actually more excited for the ninth season as a result of any quibbles that I had over the eighth season. Yeah, I am too to see if they make it better. All right. So <laughs> Don't you love the way that like you, you did this whole carefully thought out thing and then David just goes, one liner. Yeah, he just, <laughs> man, just, just dismisses the whole no, thing. No, I'm just joking. I'm and just, this is why I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm just joshing you. I quite, I quite liked the season. Um, I thought it was, I thought Capaldi was great. I just don't know if they quite knew what to do with him. That was the problem. Mm. I thought he was terrific. I really liked Clara <clears throat> from the seventh season and I just felt like she was ditched. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, I think no, Clara's I think my, my big though. issue with it. Is Clara. Yeah, yeah, I just felt like she was. I, I, dead. I think yeah. that's fair, but I've only, to be fair, to be honest, like I've only seen the, half the season because really. I, I've I seen the to, end of it and the beginning. I watched, and to be fair, I, I watched every episode multiple times as I watched uh, this season going through. So yes, you're right, I'm obsessive, but um, maybe I have a slightly different perspective to you as a result of that. But um, I agree with you both, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of conflicted about this, but I think ultimately I had a better taste in my mouth mm. at the end of this season than Fair I did. Enough. But I think, I think we're all kind of on the same page anyway because it's not like we're sitting here going, like, the show's ruined and no, it's over is, and no, it can no, never be better. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to the next season. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we have to wait now. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was we're, that a whole year? Well, oh, we've got no, the Christmas special. special and then we'll probably have to wait until August again. Mm-hmm. So Good Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to news. What do you think? Uh, now we've brought the real things that, to wait that. for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we had news. So how about this one? Mix it up a little bit, I say. What the hell was another thing? (laughs) It was printing presents. Oh, right. I I thought it was a bunch of like... I thought it was a train coming to a station. It was printing. I thought it was... I'm old. I remember printing presents. I thought it was was badges in a barrel going down a gravel hill. Rampaging beaver. (laughs) All right, so... Now listen, if you can guess what that sound is... (laughs) Tune in for our secret sound. You guys haven't watched enough, but well, you have. I know you have because uh, you're, you're older than you uh, let on. I think All it's right. a car. What is the secret sound? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Longo. Dave as, as the resident super fan of Stephen King. Uh, Mr. You like King. Stephen King? Only a little. He does okay. like Stephen King bit. just a little bit. Apparently, uh, Stephen King's new on revival was amazing. By yeah. the way, if you guys are looking for a new Stephen King, I recommend. I'm not. My wife will be. She loves Stephen King. Yeah. Is that a religious reference revival? Oh, maybe. Mm. Quite possibly. Josh Boone. 
uh, is... The Fault in My Stars. <laughs> the Fault in My Stars is writing and directing a film version of The Stand. Mm. And he originally approached the studio with a three-hour film and said, this is what we're going to do for The Stand. And they said, you know what? We actually want you to make it four films <laughs> instead, which he was very happy it about. It was always going to be four films. <laughs> well, he was very happy about because he said he can now basically make the entire stand mm. the way he wanted to make the stand, which mm. he only thought he had three hours. Longer? What I do you think? think? Like, like, look, like saying I'm a Stephen King fan is kind of an understatement. <laughs> I think like I've, I've read maybe nearly 35 books of his work. And he's done like... And that was just this week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like with The Stand, The Stand is an interesting one because I don't know, have you guys read The Stand? No. The Stand stand is a tome. It's enormous. That's why I haven't read it. Yeah, It weighs weighs more than me. Yeah. (laughs) And like, like, I think like there's, they may... (laughs) It weighs more than all of us combined. (laughs) It's a a big book, man. It's bigger than an iPhone 6 Plus. It's a metric shit ton. (laughs) It's a metric shit ton of paper. And he expanded... small forests were taken down for every issue. (laughs) He also expanded it out at one stage. (laughs) You know, it's just not long enough. So the stand, like, okay, pretty basic to understand like shit ton of characters really long story takes place over an enormous amount of time so how do you do it so they tried it with the miniseries which which i did see that which is fucking awful Mm. interestingly enough because i haven't read the book Mm. i didn't mind the miniseries well no fair enough but if it wasn't great it was not very well made it's like the whole shining thing you know if you you know that miniseries and i remember ben affleck was attached to do the stand at one stage there's always someone attached to do it but the josh boone thing i'm kind of interested in because based on this he seems to understand what to do with it did anybody see the fault in my stars no 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 neither did i but um, what? our stars, yeah. whatever. I don't care. But, I know, he's talking about getting an A-list <laughs> cast together and all these things. But with the stand, it's interesting because the stand has been talked about to be done for ages as, a, as one film, two films, three films. They kind of seem not to know how to handle the material. Mm. But I think the four films make sense because the whole thing deals with a post-apocalyptic virus and it's current today because of Ebola and yeah. you know, like it, it fits in with what's happening and people love post-apocalyptic stuff. Then it gets stuff. very religious and you know, spiritual, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. But you know, how does that not <laughs> come into play when you're dealing with the post-apocalypse well, and Stephen you know, King and Stephen King yeah. as well yeah and uh and it's not strictly Catholic or anything like that or Christianity it's you know it's spiritualism isn't one of the characters basically Mother Abigail analogy, wasn't one of the characters basically an analogy of the devil though well this is the yeah of course but like yeah. this is the brilliant thing about the stand is that but he does every, everything books. that's ha- it's, everything that's happening comes down between a battle between good and evil which mm. is represented mm. by spiritualism versus demonic kind of stuff right. You know, um, but I think the standard has always broken down into me. It's like you've got a section before the plague hits, you've got during the plague, you've got after the plague, and then you've got the climactic like battle between right. good and evil. So if, if they break it down over four films that way, I'll kind of be happy. But what worries me about this is that Josh Boone did have like a screenplay of the stand leak a few weeks ago or a few months ago, whenever it was, where they had dramatically changed the ending. I don't know if I should be in the, the business of spoiling the book, especially when there's this, well, this movie coming out and whatever. But I won't say it. I won't say what he does. But it was a batshit stupid change. But absolute would insane he have made change. that change because he was trying to adapt it down to three That's hours. what I'm hoping. And I'm yeah. hoping now with, with him being given basically like free reign to do whatever he wants... Because four films. Fuck. The Fault in Our Stars must have been damn good if they're giving him this kind yeah. of control. And he know? said that he's got an A-list cast to play everybody, which I'll be surprised to no, see. No, no, no. He didn't say he has an A-list cast. He says he wants an A-list cast. That mm. was the big thing. The big selling point was he said, I want to make a big mm. film. I think the original script was uh, budgeted out to $85 million or something mm. like that, and he wanted A-list actors. He wanted yeah. to be taken seriously. Mm. And one of the other things I want to bring up about Stephen King is that like, they've tried The Dark Tower, which... Come on, let's get it made. They've tried to do adaptations of his stuff Isn't the for all Tower of eternity. Related to this, uh, tangentially and kind of. Uh, and the I can't go the into the Dark Tower. Stuff? I don't know. It's more Randall Flag and the Man in Black, <laughs> and Dark Tower fans will, will know. But it's not essential to understanding either okay. or series. But the, all Stephen King works are contained together in, in one way because of the Tower and. It's, it's it's massive. It's enormous, right? Okay. But um, with this, it's inter- it's interesting you. because like <laughs> like they can't seem to get Stephen King right. Even Kubrick couldn't get King right. Like the Shining movie is an amazing, important movie, but, but it's not the Shining. But it's not what King wrote. Yeah. You know, um, like same with Carrie. Carrie is a great film, but it's it's in my opinion nowhere near 
some like of the, the some book. of the short stories they've done well. Some, like Shawshank, oh, look, Shawshank, and, they've nailed, and Green Mile like, as yeah, well. Yeah. Running Man, let's not yeah. forget about yeah. the Running oh, Man. Oh shit, the classic, the one that Stephen <laughs> King wanted his name. I mean, for every one of those, or the Lawnmower yeah. Man, dude. Look, look for every one like, of those, it's a cat yeah. tie. There, there, there are exceptions to the rule. Of course, Misery is another exception. Like, um, you know, there are exceptions that like they've done okay. I'm not, but in terms of if you if you line up how many King adaptations there's made and how many good ones there's done, it's amazing. What's really interesting is I'm not a big Stephen King reader. In fact, I've I've only read some of his short stories. I've never been a really big Stephen King mm-hmm. reader. But some of the film adaptations are brilliant. I love mm. Green Mile and, and, and Shawshank. Shank. Yeah. Everything but from the different seasons. And Del- Del- Children of the Dolor- Morn is Dolores a good one. Claiborne, yeah. I thought Stand was by fabulous. Yep. Stand, Stand by, by Me, I thought yeah. was fabulous. I love Needful Things. Mm-hmm. And once again, I haven't read the book. Maximum so. Overdrive. Oh, 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 you had to bring that <laughs> the one. The non-horror ones seem to be better adaptations. And I really, really yeah. like Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I really yeah. like the 1979 like, um, Salem's Lot miniseries. And it's interesting that King's coming back in such a big, bad way because they're also mentioning about the Carrie Fuki. Yama, mm. the director of True Detective, Detective the first yeah. is doing a, a, a two-part adaptation of It. Yes, I did know about and, this. Yeah, that's right. And It is in my top five King works. Mm. And I, I, that I was would, a terrible miniseries. Awful. Yeah. Awful <laughs> on every level. Yeah. I was so excited to see it because everybody had gone on about about it. Mm. Well, I remember it terrifying like, me as a kid. Yeah, that's what everybody would say to me, and I'd never seen it, right? Like, mm. uh, and, and I got to read It like a, about a year or two ago. And then I was like, I'll finally watch this miniseries. Everyone's been saying it's really good. And it, it was, was just awful. Awful. Like John Boy unbelievably bad. With a young Seth Green. As well. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. Seth Green. Yeah. Holy uh, shit, yeah. 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 And Tim Curry's good. Yeah, I'll give it that. But, but it, all, it all just Pennywise comes down to a stop motion spider. So, you know. Yeah, which like, is rubbish. Which is like, terrible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, enough on the stand, really. I, I'm optimistic about it. Um, because I do want to see the stand done properly. Because it is an amazing story if they tell it right. Yeah. If, and if they have the balls to do it properly. Well, see, I, I want to read the book because ev- yeah. everyone just tells me how how you know magnificent it is, mm. and, and even in terms of King's massive list of books, yeah, you know that this is still it's, the it's, one that it's seminal. It's yeah. his, it's his, master, his yeah. masterpiece. In a lot yeah, of um, so he I considers will. the Dark Tower series to be his masterwork. Okay, but the Stand comes into play with it too, in a way. Uh, the one more thing about the stand is that there was a tweet from um, what's the actor that plays Sheldon in Big Bang Theory? Oh. Um Oh crap! His name's What's his name? Jim Parsons. Jim, Jim Parsons. Parsons. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There was a tweet. Jim he, Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> there was a tweet he put up uh, where he he just finished the stand, and he was like, um, "Great book. Really enjoyed reading it." And it was interesting because it came out the exact same time that this news of a four film huh? thing has come. So maybe he might be involved in the movie in some capacity. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's move on. Because in other things know, that we are split we up, we don't in know parts. anything until it actually comes out. We can only. We're speculate. doing a whole show about novels being split over over time. Well, interestingly and enough, my my browser has decided to crap itself. But we remember enough about this story to talk about. It. Aaron Sorkin had written an adaptation of the because you're not using an Apple <laughs> <laughs> of the um, of the novel of the biography of the Walter Isaacson Walter Isaacson book thank yeah. you uh, of Steve Jobs and we all well I don't know I got excited because I'm a mm. big Sor- Sorkin fan I think Dave did yeah, as well you excited, weren't so yeah. overwhelmed <laughs> but, but I'm curious because I find the Steve Jobs story fascinating and I have liked Sorkin's recent stuff on Newsroom well absolutely so, and, so, so, and so the idea that Sorkin has been picked up to write this biography of Jobs of this book which was a great book mind you um, we all got went, okay here we go this is good then it started to leak that um it was going to be three scenes. Mm. The entire film was going to be three scenes, three keynotes behind the scenes of these keynotes. And they were all rap battles, <laughs> which I thought was odd. I can't remember what the first one was, but the, the second one is the next computer. Oh, no, the, I thought it was actually, one. I thought it was iPod. I thought it was Mac, iPod, and um, no, it, iPhone. Yeah, it's, no, it's not. It ends with, um, with the iPod. Oh, really? I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, which like that's is, what I heard recently. It was that's, that it was, where the, that's what it was. It was the, the Mac. Then it was the next computer, and then the next. They're going back to next. Yeah, to next, and um, and <laughs> and then iPod. Okay, so and apparently, like his Steve Jobs' daughter is a big part of the story. As yeah, well. I've heard that as well. Yeah. It's interesting because the other version of it ends with the iPod effectively, begins mm. and ends with the iPod mm. effectively as well. The, the one with yeah, um, with Ashton Ashton Kutcher, yeah. which I really like. Yeah, yeah, so, did so, I. Yeah. yeah. so the interesting thing is that as confused as we are about all of this, and as weird as that all sounds, apparently Sony who 
picked up the rights to this mm. book like within minutes of it coming out, have turned around now and said, "No, we're not making this anymore." I wonder why it. they drop it though. Do you, do you wonder? Like they would wouldn't they have paid Sorkin like twenty million dollars to write probably. it? Probably. They probably paid twenty like, million dollars to get the rights to this book yeah. as well because they bought it so fast. It was mm. bidding war. Yeah. All I can think is they've read this script. And surely gone, they could. Sony, did you say? Yeah. Was yeah, it? Sony. Surely they could rework it into a Spider-Man film. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> the sinister um, six Steves. <laughs> They should just make an entire movie starring Johnny Ive. (laughs) (laughs) Because then what you'd have is an entire movie of, we've completely redesigned. And you would not see that? Uh, that Wouldn't that be amazing, though? If that was the entire... Like, you know those Apple videos they make if that was the entire movie? You know, I've been saying for ages, have you guys seen this Nescafe ad or whatever it is with George Clooney and he's like on a balcony? Oh, yeah. yeah. If they made a 90-minute movie... Of that, in that exact pace, in that yeah. exact line delivery style. I, but if we did it, if we did it, it would be the funniest movie if ever made. If we did it like made. an Apple ad, it yeah. would, the entire film would be really cheap because it would all be white backgrounds. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> no, okay, to the listeners at home, look Apple's up these. Patented look, white screen look, look, up, look up these George Clooney ads yeah. and tell me you would not watch a 90 minute movie of that. No, no, no. Straight. I know exactly what yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. It would be brilliant. It would be absolutely amazing. Because there'd be about 14 different love interests yeah. in there. It would just be amazing. <laughs> Long and the short of the Steve Jobs story is that Universal has snapped up the rights. So it wouldn't been to turn around. Universal's picked it up and they're going to do with something. What is the bet that Universal completely reworks this entire thing mm. and says this wasn't going to work? Mm. I want them to go back to the biography because the biography no, is I really want, good. I want them to do a Steve Jobs thing like and just be like, fuck you, Sony. Here's how it's done. You know, like, <laughs> like, like make it, cast it really well. Keep all the same cast and crew that were were organized here and just make a shit ton of you know, money. You, <laughs> like, know, you know, Sony, the only reason they picked this book up was not because of Steve Jobs. The only reason they picked this book up was because they thought we're going to do the social network again. Mm. They were hoping yeah. Fincher was going to do it. Yeah, they were hoping yeah. Sorkin was going to write it. And when they first picked it up, there was debate whether Sorkin was actually going to write mm. it because he even said, I didn't want to do it. They talked him into it, so he finally did it. Fincher basically was in, was out, was in, was out, was in, was out. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't think this went to Sony's plan. Sony yeah. was hoping for another social network, and mm. they weren't going to get that. Yeah, and they weren't going to no. grab it. So yeah. in the end, I think they finally said, oh, we're getting out before we lose any more money on this thing. Mm. So, uh, so Universal, it's in their hands now. Will this film ever get made? I'm actually doubting it. I only, I pray it gets made because I just want to see Seth Rogen play Wozniak. <laughs> <laughs> just, that, would, that would just, yeah. All right, well, fair enough. Get James Franco. And Seth Rogen together, oh. let's do it. You know, oh. it will be the dream film. What about Jay Baruchel instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay Baruchel, Steve Jobs. Yeah, Seth Rogen as um as Wozniak as Wozniak, yeah. and you're made. And you make Kristen them, and you make as, them stoners. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> it's the IBM computer. Okay, Fuck. I, I think we'll into this in a garage. Uh, nobody will listen. I think to this music next story we can sum up completely with the headline that I wrote, which is Paul Greengrass is set to direct a new <laughs> version of 1984. Thirty years too late. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're wrong because with the coming apocalypse, we're starting time again. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I just look at it and go, why are we doing this now? They're going to change the title for this. You know, it'll be called uh, like 3084. Like, like, actually, actually, funnily enough, they might. Because do you remember yeah. going back to uh, when the two? Towers was going to come out mm. right when the two towers That's came right. down, and they said we might have to change the name of the film mm. because people might think of the world. Yes. And yeah, I remember this. <laughs> and and then, go, it's yeah. a book, and they, and <laughs> yeah. because they little known did, fact, yeah. uh, it was Sauron who brought down the two towers. <laughs> <laughs> just, just point that out. There. The, these groups did the fucking same thing when they have the Return of the King, and they're like, "Oh, it's got to be respectful to Elvis and." <laughs> no, like, do you remember that? Say. Yeah, I did not like, hear that. Was that was a real no, thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, let's bring the room down for a minute because mm. uh, Mike Nichols has died. Um, mm. Age eighty-three. For those who are young and don't know who Mike Nichols is, Mike Nichols brought us uh, Cash Twenty-Two, The Graduate. Uh, for more recently, The Working Girl uh, with uh, Melanie Griffith. The um, Graduate. If you if you if you want to study comedy, The Graduate. The graduate I think the Simpsons creators yeah. were talking about in their early things. They always go back to The Graduate because it is literally every type of comedy you can consider writing mm. is in that film and done perfectly. And, and Working Girl is amazing. Working Girl is fantastic. You know, you know what's funny about this? What? I was reading an interview in the New Empire magazine with Sigourney Weaver talking about. Working girl, and the next morning I woke up to this oh, news. Really? Mm. You know? Most recently, though, probably known for Charlie Wilson's War, which and is Closer. An, Charlie Wilson's War is brilliant, amazingly yeah. underrated film. Yeah, I like I like Closer as and well. Closer actually. is fantastic, mm. which has that amazing line from uh, British actor uh, uh, Colin. Oh, yeah, oh, man. No, not yeah. Colin. Is that yeah, no, 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 when he goes, I'm a, I'm a caveman. Clive, Clive, <laughs> Clive, Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Yeah. He goes, I'm a fucking caveman. Uh, brilliant stuff. And, uh, of course, the, three hand, the three-hander drama 
of uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is his first, his directorial debut, yeah, basically. And harrowing film. Is, is mm. the how is a textbook example of how you do a single room drama yeah. and and how you do a character based drama it is vicious to this mm. day the relation I mean, actually forehander i should say forehander forehander yes yeah, so it's the other couple yeah. isn't it yeah. so two couples yeah. four couples forehander um but i Sorry, mean because the oxygen is sucked out of the room by elizabeth taylor and oh. richard burton sucked <laughs> and, and the revelation at the end is just built up so yeah. perfectly it, it is magnificent he is he will be missed uh, he will be absolutely missed um no oh, and 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 the birdcage dude yeah <laughs> let's not forget the birdcage mm. which is the the american remake of lacage the fall which is quite possibly one this of is, the funniest films and I've this seen. is a dude who's, who literally fled nazi Germany. Germany when he was seven, really, you know, and started his career <laughs> yeah. as a stand-up comedian because he was, um, I was at um, May and Nichols, yeah. Elaine, Elaine May and Mike Nichols, uh, who were incredibly funny uh, yeah. together, and then they went off and they did their own uh, respective careers in film. Um, he will be missed. He, it's a, it's a real shame. But I mean, you know, it's you know, tip of the hat to the man. He was Eddie Frey is a good. He's good put in a good inning. Too. He's put in a good inning. Mm. Um, let's move on though, because time is getting away from us, and it is really hot in the studio, and we do want to <laughs> get into the swimming pool this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I know for the listeners at home, that's not thrilling. Radio, no, we could do half but... a review for Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through our review, we're just going to say to be continued. Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> is getting into the pool going to be like we all get there, we see all the floating toys, and we all have to like fight each other to get there? <laughs> there won't right. even. Be games this time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, as always with our feature film review, uh, we'll just give a little bit of an intro here. We'll say The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, directed by Francis Lawrence and written by Peter Craig and Danny Strong, based on the Suzanne Collins novel. It stars Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutchinson, Liam Hemsworth, you know, Thor's brother, uh, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> Donald Sutherland, Elizabeth Banks, Julianne Moore, and the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. And as usual, we bring our synopsis straight from IMDb, who kind of got it right this time, I guess, which is when Katniss destroys the games, she goes to District 13 after District 12 is destroyed. She meets President <laughs> Coyne, who convinces her to be the symbol of rebellion while trying to save Peter from the capital. <laughs> Peter. Peter. <laughs> do you know it reads fu- like the acid ramblings of some... <laughs> do you know what the funny thing is? <laughs> like- <laughs> hey, do you know what the funny thing is, though, reading that synopsis? That is really accurate to yeah, this film yeah. because it doesn't have... A conclusion. Yeah. No. Let's watch it. Yeah. Well, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer. Mm. We won't play the whole thing. A little bit of the trailer, and we'll come back and talk about this because this is really an unreviewable mm. film. So here's the Mockingjay trailer. I never wanted any of this. I never wanted to be in the games. I just wanted to save my sister and keep Peter alive. Miss Everdeen. It's the things we love most that destroy us. I want everyone who's watching to lay down their weapons now. PETA is the capital's weapon, the same way you're ours. You will rescue PETA at the earliest opportunity, or you will find another Mockingjay. Mock. Yeah. Bird. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. James. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that beautiful rendition. So what we alluded to before we were she sings that song in the movie. Oh, fuck. That's what it should have been. <laughs> She's on the beach. That, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to start out saying I have never like sunk into my chair and cringe so much than when she was doing her impromptu music video in the mm. scene. Do you know what my friend said thing. about this movie? He said it was as if I was watching it with the audio commentary on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's put a little so bit accurate. let's put a little bit of let's put a little bit of of um context around this and say that Harry Potter uh, has a lot to answer for. Okay, <laughs> So the last Harry Potter film... Harry they, Potter? They decided to break into two pieces because they wanted to milk the franchise for mm-hmm. all it was worth. That was immediately followed by uh, the Twilight films going, well, if you're going to do that, we can do that too. And what the Twilight... And then Peter Jackson said... <laughs> <laughs> Peter Jackson's a different story, but Peter Jackson, yes, is milking one book into three pieces. The stand however, we just talked about before. However, with this, this is a situation where what this film is, is 
one hour of a two-hour film mm. that has just been padded out mm. so far that it is quite literally a beginning of a movie and half of a middle. Yeah. And then it just ends. And it still managed to feel like it was going to end and then it didn't. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. And it was only two hours too, which, it was two which hours, I was thankful yeah. for them for not expanding it out to three hours mm. like the they last have, time. Yeah. Because yeah. like the last movie didn't have an ending either. Really. The last movie, no. guys, I thought had ended and then they went into the games. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, really? Yeah. Like, I, say, I haven't read I haven't read them. No, I've so, not, not read yeah. them either. But yeah. you're right. I mean, it, it's really hard to review this film because it is, there's not a lot to it. No. There's nothing to it. Well, as we said, we I said before, what I saw. As we said beforehand, <laughs> for, a, for a film about a girl who fires <laughs> arrows and is holding a bow and arrow on the front mm. cover of the poster, you know, on the poster there, she fires one arrow in yeah, the entire yeah. film. And it was a Nerf arrow. <laughs> yeah. well, no, at the, at the, and at one point, like, they actually tease you because she pulls one of the arrows out in the shooting range. He goes, no, 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 don't shoot that yeah. arrow. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, she'll fire one more in the next one. <laughs> and Oliver Queen's like, bitch, please. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, this whole movie is like based around like a resistance Distance forming and uprising against this government. Yeah. And it's like the government seemed like what four soldiers in white suits. <laughs> and the resistance was like 50 million people in a giant yeah. bunker. They had the resistance had so many people that they could like run into these soldiers and just and half expel them half of them. Yeah. yeah, and I'm seeing they're going like, what are they fine for again? Like, yeah. why now look, just... on the plus side, I like the movie. Though, on the plus side, honest. it's not yeah. a bad film, no. and it's not another Hunger Games. Like, it's not another. No, it is a bunch of people a, in the a, forest killing each other. It's an interesting you know? extension mm. and, and expansion of the Hunger Games world. I just don't think it needed to be broken in half. Yeah. I think we could have gotten no. away with doing one film, mm. finish the series off, and be done with it. But they're going to make themselves another four hundred million. There is, there is a lot of like Result, non yeah. non momentum in this film, yeah. and when it actually finally picks up pace, it ends. Yeah, and I was like actually interested the whole way through i was captivated the, the, I the world like, is fascinating i liked all these meta things of like having to act and be a performer mm. and you know like there's directors of these propaganda and, and, and videos a guessing and, of you know how much is peter a puppet yeah i thought he was it. a robot at mm. one stage yeah. and then like, yeah. and her actually her and role that she's, that she's a, finally she's on the back foot for yeah, the first time yeah. she's not in control and you realize she's been used throughout this whole process yeah. she was either you know used she was as a, piece. a she was she was a puppet for you know originally for for, for peter for mm. The Hunger Games, and then now she's a puppet for this resistance as mm. well. So it's kind of that's interesting, but they kind of did it so heavy-handed, yeah, that it's kind of like and and Jennifer Lawrence is a good actress, and she's she actually not, was very good in some of these scenes, and she's I great, think, in, but yeah. she's not given a lot to do, no, you know, and it's just well, she's a puppet. She's Can a puppet. I, well, did anybody else feel that it was a breath of fresh air as soon as Woody Harrelson walked? Yeah, 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 and it was like thank God. That was one of the highlights. The first of the movie, half yeah, an yeah. hour of this film yeah. was so navel gazing. Mm introspective that you see yeah. going what are we watching but the amount of times I had to watch Katniss wake up from a nightmare I was yes. like come on but then you've got like um, Julianne Moore giving about as much emotion as Kate Blanchett in the first uh, mm, agreed. Lord of the Rings film just kind of and it was very speechy there's lots yeah, of people truly. giving speeches in Katniss, this film Katniss will yeah. you do this thing <laughs> yes. oh here's Liam Hemsworth again let's go walking through the woods again let's sit at the water Again, and I just wanted to take a brush to to Julianne Moore's hair because it was just so straight <laughs> and so lifeless. I needed Elizabeth Banks was I needed some body and bounce. Real, though, I she was yeah. she was great because she'd been this like kind of peacock for the first mm. two films, and for her to have to turn welcome, around. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yeah, that, and she she was just, she was great in those yes. films, and then for her to turn around and actually have to be real yeah. in this. I think for me, these movies are about her now. I think yeah, yeah. She's like, the only the one who really has a proper character, character arc yeah. in the whole thing. Mm. You know? like to go from being like this uh, like rich elite like you know in love yeah. with the capital to this who who literally had everything and was kept in a bubble mm. for for two yeah. films and for her to face the reality and be willing to kind of like no I want to do stuff but like you know you're stuffing me up you know yeah. she, she's literally kind of saying to the resistance will do something you know it's kind of yeah, like and this a, the film had powerful moments the moment where she goes back to district 12 yeah and finds the All mask the, the mask ray yeah. you know yeah. i mean that is that is powerful stuff you know yeah. and 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 the the sequence where she fires the one arrow mm. is a powerful scene although mm. mixed messages in that scene um i don't want to spoil it for anyone so we won't say it but um there is debate as to who is truly responsible yeah, in that yeah, scene? We talked about but this <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll let you watch it and figure it out for yourself. But I've got I've got mixed feelings on mm. that scene. Mm. But a great scene, you know. Mm. And it's like this film it's has a tense scene. It's a tense scene. Yeah. These films have great moments. The sequence where they're trying to film her 
do the mm. propaganda and she just can't do it. Yeah. And that's when Woody Harrelson makes his appearance. It's great, you know, and you sit there going, yeah, that's she's not built to do this. Mm. She's built to be the fighter. Get her something real. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and the girl from Game of Thrones that plays Marjorie... Like, oh yeah, um, what's her name? With um, a sh- half the head shaved, yes, like she was director. awesome. She was great. Yeah. Natalie Dormer. Natalie, Natalie Dormer. Dormer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was a really great character too because I was never throughout the entire film. I'm never quite sure whether she was what she really was, and she was. Yeah. But and there was a, there was an interesting air about her because mm. you kind of go, is this real or is this a plant? Yeah. Or, you know mm. what's going on? But with from, her? from a writing perspective, it's kind of like you've almost had the slightly ambiguously bad girl in almost every mm. film now. It's kind of like yeah. she's just a substitute for the previous one. I mean, these are based on, and not to dismiss yeah, young adult novels, books, but they yeah. are they are trashy children's mm. books. They're yeah. not. We're not talking about high art here. No. We're not talking about... Like it's, and there's I, nothing and, and I have thought, and yeah. I have, since the beginning, I have mm. thought every Hunger Games We're not film, talking Twilight here, you know? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I have thought since the very Certainly beginning... Not, no. I've thought since the very beginning of the Hunger Games films that, and I think you agreed with me, they have been... Progressively better mm. than we expected them like, to um, be. The like first I, one took I, me by surprise. I, 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 lo- it was I loathed than I it was. the first one. Really? I hated the first one, and I thought the second one was really good. See, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I, I, the first one took me by surprise. I walked in thinking it was going to be Twilight. Mm. I thought I walked in thinking it was going to be another freaking teen film mm. with a with a shitty romance and some action scenes. But it actually just completely uh, blew me away. And yeah. I, and I'd seen Jennifer Lawrence in Winter. I just, so. I like. You, you can probably still find my review of the Hunger Games on the website, like. But if the real bits but, is up, mine's there. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like I, I just I could not get past how sloppy, sloppily that film was made. Well, that's that's like, actually a different story. Yeah. Like, the first film is terribly made. Yeah, it's I couldn't get past film, it. shitty film. And one of the worst Blu-rays that I've ever seen. Oh, as well. absolutely. It looks like a swarm of mosquitoes. But it. Yeah. the film is actually quite good. Yeah, you get past the fact that it's actually really shonkly. It looks like it's directed by somebody who does has never directed a film before. Mm. Um, and Francis Lawrence. Francis, I got a soft spot for Francis. Lawrence, he was actually the first uh, director I interviewed right. when doing the media stuff, and so I've, ever since then I've. I think of, Francis Lawrence is yeah. actually and a Constantine. Good, he's a good filmmaker yeah. who has taken on some projects that have been a bit iffy, mm-hmm. but I mean but I, I think, love Constantine. Yeah. I, love I think Constantine. in these, fabulous. I think in in these Hunger Games movies that he's done, he is the reason why they're working. I think, mm. and Jennifer Lawrence too. I, I that character what? of Katniss is a really, really solid. Absolutely, and, and, and I, she I really think, nails it. I think if you talk to Francis Lawrence, I think he would think splitting these two films, this film into yeah. two films, is a bad idea. Yeah, it's a cynical exercise. Oh, it's a studio. Yeah. I, I yeah. think he would yeah. even agree with that because I think there's got to be part of him going, the pace is wrong. Yeah, the pace is wrong, and that's mm. the problem. Yeah, it feels as a, slow. As a filmmaker, can you imagine having to do that? Like, yeah, you have to pad and pad and pad, yeah. and you're sitting there going, "Can we just it's move like, it along?" It's like telling a story. Mm. It, it'd be like mm. in the middle of this 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 podcast, someone comes up and taps you on the shoulder and says, "That's enough now." Mm. You know, where yeah. where do where do you end? It's like that? um, it's the, it's the lack of consequence, really, the way they've ended it, which I think is the difference. Because you know, people are going, "This is like the Empire Strikes Back for." The Hunger Games series, but I felt that like, about Catching Fire. That yeah, should that, have been Catching and, Fire. And Catching that Fire is the Empire Strikes Back yeah. of the yeah. series, but this isn't because it's like, right down to the fact that it all ends in a room with people standing yeah. around looking at yeah. each other. You yeah. know, it's just because like Han Solo being frozen into carbonite is like a climactic moment mm-hmm. of that storyline. Mm-hmm. Whereas it would be as if Empire just ended. Luke goes to Dagobah, and it's like I'm on a new planet. End. Yeah, you know, like it, there's, when you re catch into the film. The cliffhanger you've been waiting a year for is just going to be. I'm on Dagobah getting trained now. You know, like it, it's got to be a significant moment to end the yeah. movie on. And maybe they could have ended the movie earlier or a little bit later in the book. I don't know. If mm. I, well, I don't know what happens in the book, but I don't, look, I it just read, sold, I it seemed a bit books. weak. You know, and like I, I, they had a great moment. I'm not going to spoil the the mocking James, but they have a task to complete at the end of this one. There are there are people that need mm. to be. Um, oh like, yeah, I know the yeah, 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 and uh, and so it's like they could have ended it just there. You know, you could have ended mm-hmm. it on yeah. a cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly, you on something I mean? an significant, actual, an actual cliffhanger. Yeah, that you'd want to be like, I wonder what's going to happen in a year's time. Whereas this just sort of ended like as if the storyline was finished. It ends in the middle mm. of a scene. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of go, wait a minute, were we really ending here? You know, mm. <laughs> so so in in uh, the tradition of uh, of the films that are being split in half, we're going to split our review in half. Yeah. Mm. So we're actually not going to rate the film no. today because yeah. we can't. There mm. is no way you can rate uh, half a film. I'll just say it's really well shot. Though. So what we will yeah. say is we'll just end with, did you enjoy the film? Mm-hmm. And yes, I did. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the film. I kind of went, okay, it was fun. But I wait for the second one to actually put it all together. Mm. That's kind of how I feel. And that's where I'm leaving it, mm. Richard. What I think about this film is that it, 
excellent. And Dave? Yeah, I agree exactly with both you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll I leave mean, it like, at that. I, I, I really, if the next film is as good as this, it'll be a good film. Absolutely. Look, if the yeah. next film is yeah. better than this, yeah. in fact, I hope, because it'll have more action and mm. it'll be the finale, it could be a great... I mean, when you put the two Harry Potter films together, you actually have a really good mm. film. Mm. When you put the two Twilight films together, and you no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I just be I'm more interested to know where the whole series ends because I have a pretty good like prediction of where it'll end and this franchise seems to just be like exactly what you think's going to happen will happen yeah. in exactly the same way yeah. mm. and it, and it seems to get really close to pushing the boundaries and then doing something interesting and then just so, track back so yeah put on your best teenage girl hat okay mm-hmm. Um, do you think she's going to end up with Peter or with Thor's brother? She won't end up with either of them. She'll have to sacrifice herself to like f- fix the capital. Oh, she can't sacrifice herself. The young readers wouldn't like that. I reckon that's what's going to happen anyway. I know if we'd read the yeah. books, we'd know. But, but I read the she's books. a symbol now. She's she's got a, she's got to martyr herself. Oh, I don't think so, she'll. I, know, I don't. It'll think, be I don't a Che Guevara. I think if it was an adult book, yeah, that might happen. As a teen reader book, I don't. No, think she'll I think I think herself. someone's yeah. going to die. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the boys has to die, so she doesn't make a choice. It'll That's be true. it'll be Peter because the amount of times like people scream when that Liam Hemsworth comes on. That, yeah, that'll be but enough the reason. girls love Josh as well. Yeah, they he's love, gonna. He's they gonna love sh- him. I reckon it's gonna be like Telly Happy at Come the end. Come on, like, is gonna be like, oh my god, you're totally both wrong. She's gonna marry me. <laughs> I think like at the end of it, it's all gonna be like, you know, like like oh my god, like like the capital's gonna be god, but like oh my like, god, no. yeah. oh my god, she's 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 so hot. She's so freaking hot. You know, I think I think she's gonna totally marry me at the end. Oh my I'll, I'll totally do her. That's that's how that, that movie's gonna win. And- I think if you go back, check the tapes, go back and listen to the last one. Um the last time we we spoke about it, it was either on GMC or, or on film actually. I remember talking about a conversation I overheard that was basically that voice at the back of a bus somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a story about that, and that that's that's what people mm. think about it. Yeah. So I get the sense like that you know this this is going to end really obviously. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I, I do too. Yeah. I think it's yeah, going to yeah. be a very straightforward. Before we finish up for the day, mm-hmm. um, we're going <laughs> to add a little bit of a new section to the thing. We, we, we touched on it once before, but we're going to touch on it now because there has been something. Touch to show it, David. Up. Touch it. We're going to touch on. This is our unsubstantiated Star Wars rumors oh, yeah. of the week. Father. No. So. This piece of footage that is showing up, mm. is it fan-made or is it real? So for those who haven't seen it, go to YouTube, have a look. It's silent, there's no sound, and it's just a shot of the new Millennium Falcon going straight at camera with all whole, guns blazing. I love the idea that the next movie is actually going to be all silent, complete, <laughs> complete with title cards and everything, and it's got the old time. Yeah, 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 no, 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 it'll just be the... It'll be the disco version. <laughs> it's just all all jub jub the whole it's thing. It's, <laughs> dun, dun, it's all R two. Yup yup nub. Come and feel the love. So the question is, you've all seen the footage now. Do you think it's real? Somebody has said that they think it might be. Somebody in the article that I read said that the CG doesn't look finished, and so they think it looks like it could be fan made or fan service. Like there's been a description floating around about the new trailer, and so that scene is meant to be the end Mm. of the trailer. So maybe some fans just gone like, "Oh, we can create that," or is it unfinished CG? Or you know, what's the story with it? Who knows at this point? Once again, unsubstantiated rumors. (laughs) We're gonna find out soon. (laughs) So now the trailer is supposed to drop next week. Is that right? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Supposedly next Thursday. Mm. So cool. So we will report back on that on on the air. On the air, we'll report back on on the next show. I'm. I don't really care. (laughs) I'm not. I, I probably won't. I'll probably wait for DVD on this one. Richard and that, Awakens. And that has been unsubstantiated rumors of Star Wars. Father! Agree or disagree with us on anything you've heard on this show this week, you can send us a feedback at feedback at filmactually.com or you can voicemail us at 02-8011-4167 or if that number is too taxing for you, you can use our Skype ID of Geek Actually, all Numbers, one word. No. <laughs> In our housekeeping, if you love comic books, listen to our other show, Behind the Panels, at behindthepanels.net. That's it's right. like Oprah's book club, but, you know, for us. And uh, <laughs> that's nerds, that is. I uh, love podcasts, then check out Amy 
and Richard's new show, Podcast Pillow Fort, at podcastpillowfort.com. It's got a girl on it. It's got a girl on it. It's a podcast about podcasts, funnily enough. Find out all of these great shows. Get our merchandise. Join our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Do whatever you want to do. Just go to geekactually.com. You'll find it all there. Dave, where can people find more about you on the internet? Uh, Twitter at Dave Longo and Damn Good Cup if you want to check out that Hunger Games review. But I've got 59 days to renew the lease on Are it, you renewing so I it? I don't know yet. We'll see. Mm. Richard. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. Uh, you can find me, of course, at BehindThePanels.net and, of course, uh, Pillow Fort. Uh, sorry, Pillow Fort. Uh, sorry, Podcast, Podcast Pillow Fort. <laughs> or, or Pillow Pants, or on, I mistake. <laughs> uh, .com or on, on Twitter at Pillow Fortcast. Cool. Excellent. You can find more of me, of course, at geekactually.com or at on Twitter at David McVeigh. Uh, we have some friends out there in podcast land. No, we always we like don't. to mention. Yeah, we do. We have no friends. The real po- the real junkies podcast, which is a podcast like us, but they get drunk while they're doing it, which is kind of cool. And they're at weekendronan.com because on the weekends nobody is their master. I love that. That was <laughs> I always forget to mention that part. Uh, find out more about our cartoonist, Joe Spencer, over at attackninja.blogspot.com. Today we are going to finish the show with a little piece of James Newton Howard score from the Hunger Games Catching Fire because I haven't been able to find the score for this one yet. Mm. But so we would just grab a bit. From Isn't it bizarre how they're doing that now? They're releasing the score like weeks after I know, the film. It's ridiculous. It's really frustrating. I just yeah. bought Interstellar. Yeah, I know. So did I. Two weeks after yeah. the film came out. Anyway, our opening clip, of course. Specifically to fuck with you, David. I think it might yeah. be. Our, our opening clip, of course, is from the first Hunger Games film. That's it. That's a show. Anything to add, gentlemen? Um. No? Uh, I may Good. or may not be back next. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, go see more movies. You don't see enough movies. And all of life's questions are answered in the movies. And we'll see you all in two weeks. Maybe. Maybe.